0: Welcome to the Evidence-Based Chiropractor, where each week we deliver the latest chiropractic research and marketing strategies, all in the time it takes to get to your office. Now here's your host, Dr. Jeff Langmaid. Hello and welcome to the Evidence-Based Chiropractor. I am your host, Dr. Jeff Langmaid. This week we are back with the research. This is a study that came out in 2021 and it is interesting it is titled demonstration of autonomic nervous function and cervical sensory motor control after cervical lordosis rehab and it is a randomized controlled trial this is a study that i'm gonna say opens up fandor's box a lot of questions some answers mixed in and certainly some things to think about with your clinical practice. Before we get started, I'll say a few words about The Smart Chiropractor, thesmartchiropractor.com. The Smart Chiropractor powers your patient journey to provide you with more qualified leads, more new patients, better retention, and more consistent reactivations without spending any money on advertising. This is about content marketing, staying consistent, teaching and inviting your audience your health tribe and really availing yourself by proactively answering the questions that they already have you can do that across all of the most popular channels you can do it without spending any money on advertising and you can do it with the help of the smart chiropractor but as i said today on this podcast we're talking research and this is a study that came out in the journal of athletic training and it is a good one anytime we're talking about autonomic nervous function. We're talking about cervical sensory motor control. As Alan Iverson once said, we talking about practice. No, we're talking about cervical lordosis rehab and how that impacts really the ability for individuals with chronic nonspecific cervical spine pain, neck pain, to improve not only in terms of pain, but also in terms of functional ability. And this is a randomized control trial, as we said at the top. So I always love to hear that it gives it a little bit of extra Umph. Now, why does this matter? Well, neck pain is one of the most common musculoskeletal disorders requiring physician intervention with an annual prevalence they estimate could range 30 to 50%. So up to half of people out there at any given time could have neck pain. And specifically in this study, there's a focus on chronic nonspecific neck pain. And I love that they lead in with this in this study because it gets to the heart of it. And they, I'll just read it as a quote, quote, conflicting views exist about the clinical importance of variations in the sagittal plane cervical spine alignment in chronic nonspecific neck pain. It is often asserted that abnormalities of the cervical curvature may represent a normal variant. And this gets to the heart of a lot of conversations happening in and around chiropractic. I mean, this practically ties into x-ray, this ties into pain versus function, and they kind of throw it out there right at the beginning of this study saying there's some conflicting views in terms of what happens when there are alignment issues? Is it normal variation? Can it cause problems? Does the problems always equate to pain? These are all questions I think as chiropractors we've, I wouldn't say struggled with, but, you know, sought to refine maybe instead of arguing about, I'll say sought to refine our answers for over the last 100 years plus. But there are a few things that throughout that journey that we have learned that I think all of us uh, can, uh, you know, Hold true today, based upon the science, and one of them is that c- cervical spine proprioceptive afferentation system is a major, major component of sensory motor control, and there is a deep, deep connection uh, between afferent input from proprioceptive, visual, and vestibular systems and a stable upright posture of the head and neck. In the cervical spine and the muscles, the ligaments, the discs, there's a lot of mechanoreception going on and that provides a lot of the neurophysiological feedback and input that we need to in, in order to have great control of of our head and neck. You know, it's we have the bowling ball on top of the toothpick here with our head and neck and how those things line up, so to speak. It does matter to a certain degree. Now, how much? I think that's what we're trying to dig to the bottom of. And what is a normal variant and what's problem territory It's difficult, and I'll say, in my opinion, that it's different for just about everybody. Of course, there's gross challenges, right? Something is misaligned five millimeter, you know, so something wild. But on these more subtle findings, they might not always be causing pain. They might not always be causing abject, uh, you know, dysfunction. But is it optimal? Pro- probably not and this is a balance I think all of us uh, you know work towards and, and sort of play with throughout our careers in terms of how much are we really leaning into that how much are we leaning away from it when we go through our movement assessments, when we create our care plans, etc so the assumption coming into this study was that restoring normal posture and cervical alignment is necessary for better affrontation process. And there's a little bit of preliminary evidence around that. Now, this was a randomized uh, single blind trial. A little bit over 100 patients, 110 patients in both groups received a 10-week multimodal program. Remember, these people had chronic nonspecific neck pain. That multimodal program consisted of things like 10s. Thoracic spine mobilization and manipulation, soft tissue mobilization. And in addition to that, both groups received all that. The intervention group, so the control group, that's what they got. The intervention group received all of that and a cervical traction device, in this case a deneral orthotic, to improve the sagittal plane cervical alignment. So control group received, um, again, TENS, mobilization, manipulation, soft tissue work, uh, and the The um, intervention group received all of that and then the general treatment as well. So that cervical traction. So so how did things fare? Well, the differences between the intervention and control groups for sensory motor control measures indicated that restoration of the sagittal plane cervical alignment did, in fact, alter pain, disability, autonomic nervous function and sensory motor control. So they did a variety of tests with these individuals, you know, starting in a neutral, moving verbally, you know, to a 30 degree, getting back to where you started. And they went through a variety of different tests to see how, you know, how does the intervention of a cervical traction unit change things? And the thought is that cervical extension traction devices can cause longitudinal tension on that anterior longitudinal ligament in an unloading of the disc due to the shift in the axis of rotation and that it, the application of that traction can cause uh, they say viscoelastic deformation of the cervical spine soft tissue resulting in a more normal load sharing so they're thinking about this in terms of when there's that traction it maybe maybe reset is a little bit of a strong word to say here but that it impacts and influences the load across the cervical spine creates you know less uh you know less uh ups and downs so to speak and more consistently shares that load across the vertebral segments so again let's dig one level deeper so a lot of this gets down to the interplay between proprioception and postural control that's really what it comes down to And their assumption was that restoring normal posture and cervical spine alignment is important for better affrontation. And it's been proposed that as, as your head migrates forward, as you get that forward head posture, it provides increased strain on muscles, ligaments of head, neck, and shoulders, and that Creates altered joint positions and dysfunction that can lead to disaffrontation. So, I can follow that as from the matter of, yeah, that makes sense to me, especially when I think about these other studies that showcase one inch, two inch, three inch as that chin and head go into forward head posture. The load can change pretty dramatically on the cervical spine. So, again, not everybody's going to be perfect, not everybody needs to have quote-unquote perfect alignment but i think there is something to be said for individuals that are spending a ton of time on the computer they have you know rounded shoulders they have a hyperkyphotic thoracic spine they have significant forward head posture and then they're having chronic neck pain number one a multimodal program sounds like a really good idea and and again one thing that was interesting in this study I didn't see too much about adjusting the cervical spine in this case. A lot of it was thoracic spine adjusting. This gets back to always please check those Uh, you know, next door regions. If somebody has a wrist issue, be sure you're checking the elbow. If they have a shoulder issue, check up and down that kinematic chain. And I think there's a lot of docs out there, a lot of docs that might be, that consider themselves to be evidence-based docs that can become at times so myopic. They have pain right here. I want to take care of this issue. I don't want to do any more. I'm focused, you know, and there's a a balance here. So um, I would encourage everybody listening to, you know, be mindful of that balance and you know, take into account that there's a lot of literature out there supporting for cervical spine issues, the care and treatment of the thoracic spine, which makes a lot of sense because there's so much interplay between the two, but keep that in mind. I think that's a good clinical tip to utilize. So alter, if we get back to the, the cervical spine, altered cervical lordosis and forward head translation can cause two things. It can cause a reduced range of motion and altered segmental motion. So when there's altered segmental motion, there can be altered load, and thus disaffrontation. When there's a reduced range of motion, it's just not ideal, right? Our bodies are built to have a balance of strength and flexibility, and if we're not able to move throughout an entire range of motion comfortably, chances are, you know, it, it just you pick this up on your movement assessment, right? And you'd say, gosh, this is going to has an increased likelihood to have challenges down the road. If somebody's not able to move through a range of motion comfortably, there's going to be compensation patterns that go on over time. As I like to say, you can get away with it for maybe a week, maybe a month, maybe a year, maybe 10 years, but eventually gravity catches up to you. So ensuring that you have the balance of strength and flexibility. That you have as, uh, let's say, neutral as opposed to a forward head posture is a good thing. And multimodal care continues to show itself, whether it's cervical spine or lumbar spine, to be a really good idea. So in this study, the researchers found, quote, As we observed, pain cannot be considered the only determinant for sympathetic system dysfunction in patients with chronic nonspecific neck pain. They also uh, came to the conclusion quote a reduction in adverse mechanical tension acting on the brainstem cranial nerves 5 through 12 and specifically cranial nerve 10 may be one of the underlying mechanisms that explains the improved autonomic function in our intervention group because improved head posture and increased lordosis would result in reduced longitudinal stress and strain on the neural elements so a couple things to keep in mind that i take away from this number one Cervical traction units, I know that they focused on the dental role in in this case. However, they're pretty darn cheap. I mean, I I did a quick search before I hopped on. I mean, 25 bucks, 50 bucks, 75 bucks. So this is something that has a low barrier to entry to get your patients, you know, involved with involved with. And I'm going to say at least, you know, try out and give it a whirl. I know that historically in, in my practice. I recommended a lot of over the door traction units, as I would say to my patients, those medieval looking things, you know, you close it over the door. I found those to be just like super cheap, super easy to use and really be able to in an upright posture unload and people just seem to get really good results with the over the door traction. However, if you're using a traction device that they uh, might use while lying down, that, that can work as well. I think as clinicians, as chiropractors, part of our job is to kind of figure this out, right? And to identify, hey, what patients, maybe if they have really, really aggressive neural compression... Maybe those over-the-door traction units are better if they don't have neural compression, but it's more chronic, non-specific back, uh, neck pain. Excuse me. Maybe those lying down type uh, traction units, like a dental, are are better. So just things to play with, things to think about. They call it practice because it's a constant evolution of learning. It's a constant evolution of the application of what we do with our hands and with our minds and with our patients each and every day. So hopefully, this you know opened your eyes to the fact of, hey, there's some interesting things going on related to biomechanics and posture. The jury's still out in terms of, you know, research is never a closed book. Every research study, you know, basically enables 10 more to be done by asking a lot more questions. But I think there is something to be said for sure about the understanding that traction and potentially taking a peek at those curves is not a bad idea. Now, how you want to implement that in your practice is totally up to you. And this did not get into the specifics of displacement, the specifics of alter translation, let's say, in terms of how much that impacts. So all of that still to be learned but a lot of nice information to be able to take out of this study. So before we wrap up, I want to say a few words about PowerStep. Orthotics are frequently used to address foot pain and alignment issues, but not all patients need or can afford custom orthotics. I know we see this in our practice all the time. In these situations, it is a wise move to trust the clinically proven pain relief and prevention of PowerStep ProTech Orthotics. These were designed by a podiatrist over 30 years ago, and they are coming into our space as chiropractors you can get a pair for free a sample pair by visiting pro.powerstep.com sample again that is pro.powerstep.com sample i will drop that link in the show notes pick up a sample pair see if you like it this is a, a product that actually my father uses he has been thrilled with so i highly recommend checking it out Otherwise, I hope you have a fantastic week in practice. Leave us a rating or review if you have not done so for this podcast, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Evidence-Based Chiropractor. If you want to grow your practice, come back for next week's episode. If you want to grow faster, visit theevidencebasedchiropractor.com and join our MD Marketing Membership today.